This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. This is your host, Brandon Joe, host Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, we got a little midweek matchy review here, a little Carabao Cup for all those in Milwaukee doing the care bombs today. We see you. We appreciate you. <laughs> Big fan, Nick. Big fan. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that... That crew brought the uh, the Carabombs on summer tour this year. They were uh, look, they're just they're just genuinely big fans of Carabao. They always have been, you know. I they they miss them as our as our shirt sponsor, our training kit sponsor, whatever it was. So that's what I got. I forgot my sticker. I forgot my sticker. Unfortunately, oh, no. that would have been a good time to to hold that up to push the YouTube. But Dan, we got more to get into it. Um, obviously, breaking down the match, everything that happened, some positive. Quotes from Potch, some some cup debuts, some results. There's so much to go through, but we're only going to do it the right way. And that's with the three-word match review. The fans in the stands are bouncing. What do we have? Well, look, time traveler, Karrion Trippier, had one from April 30th, 2014. I just had to bring it back and bring it forward. Come on, Chelsea. Absolutely right, my man. Thank you so much for participating. Aaron, with the that escalated quickly. Little anchorman gif there. Five takes on the five strikes with something to care about. Caraboot. Yeah. I no, like Nick that. likes that one. Nicholas with the trip A. Oh. Well, naughty <laughs> by nature there. And Ollie with the George said no. Or Georgie said no. He had Canyon with the it's Petro bitch. My personal favorite. Mike with the Petro fuels win. That's right. There were a lot of, uh, you know, Oil-related puns with the last name there. Alex with the lucky lemon party. And then droll epic with the, we're through, Burley! Referencing Craig Burley, who was the least happy individual, I think, that Chelsea advanced. So, sorry, Craig. Fun fact, we played Atletico Madrid in the Champions League uh, the 30th of April in 2014. Lost 3-1. So, uh, not great. Diego Costa scored against us. Uh, but Fernando Torres scored for us. Anyways, my three-word match reviews. Check Trippier's DraftKings. Oh, no. Oh. That, that is, that is, there's nothing substantiated behind that. Let's just be very, very clear. My man it is all in good fun. It is all just... Man the FBI agents listen to this call. It's all jokes here, folks. Nick, what about you? Well, if you're a fan of music and or any of the... The second Spider-Man soundtrack. I got Young Petro booming. That's what I'm talking Ooh. about. Booming. I like that. Dan, round it off. Grit versus gift. I thought you were going to say One team had grift. to grind it out. <laughs> 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 I mean, you could, you could kind of go that way too, I guess. Uh, look, we, we ground out the results um, after another team was gifted away into this match. And we'll get into more about that. Awesome. Well, as always, we appreciate all of you out there listening. If you would, drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It goes a long way to help us get seen by other people, especially now that Spotify is recommending podcasts on the homepage. Uh, YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell icon, get notified on YouTube because uh, you can see how much fun we're having or not on every single match. See the faces. And then obviously join the Discord or join Discord, get in the conversation. We're having a Discord-only Matt Law mailbag tomorrow. So again, if you want to get involved, that's where you do it. And then lastly, for free, CFC Central's got his weekly newsletter, the London is Blue Dispatch, dropping on Wednesday. So many ways to connect. Don't get left behind. Just because the pod stop doesn't mean the content does. So here we go. 
it match details time. Newcastle United this past Tuesday, the 19th of December in the Carabao Cup at the Mighty Bridge. In case you missed it, Chelsea won. Newcastle United won goals 16th minute. Accidentally, uh, Wilson scoring. But then Mudrick in the 90th plus two levels it up. Assist to Trippier. Really appreciate him. <laughs> uh, and then, Dan, we've got the penalty shootout here. Obviously, Chelsea won 4-2. Uh, one missed by Trippier and one saved by Georgi Petrovic. A good day for him, uh, which we'll get into. But uh, we were four for four. I was nervous going into this one. Cool, calm, collected. They're great penalties. Uh, I have I have a section for us later to talk about them in specific because I, I do think you could slice and dice and try to pick your favorite. And there would be many reasons why one or the other might be your favorite. Love it. All right. Well, let's go ahead, dive into the lineup. Then we'll get into the stats. Then we'll get into the shithouse moment of the match. Run us through what we saw, Dan. Look, it was Big George Petrovich between the sticks. That's right. Got to do a little first-name fun if you're going to get a big performance like that. Disasi, Tiago Silva, Benoit Badia-Shiel, and Levi Colwell started as your defense. It's not the way it ended, though. Connor Gallagher, Moises Caicedo, and Enzo Fernandez as your midfield grouping. Also, not how it ended. And then Raheem Sterling, Nico Jackson, and Cole Palmer as your starting attack. Again, not also how it ended. You saw early substitution of Rondo Broya in for Fernandez, who's out due to an illness. Nothing really much more reported about that at this time of a recording about a couple hours after the match. Malagusto came in right at halftime to rest Levi Colwell. Started on the right, but then flipped over to the left. You had Ian Motson come in in the 78th minute. But before that, you did have uh, Nkunku come in for his first minutes. We told he'd be good for about 20, and he got about 30 as he came in for Nico Jackson. And then it was Raheem Sterling, who was the last individual subbed off for Mikhailo Mudrik, who scored the equalizer in the 70th minute. When's the last time we had five subs? Jeez, we uh, exhausted all of that, which is... It's very rare under Pochettino, that's for sure. Yeah, nice to see. And all strong players coming in, which, you know, we'll break down a little bit more. But some of the top-line stats here, Chelsea was 78% possession, which is double 70s uh, in back-to-back matches. We had 15 shots, only four on target. Not great uh, to their four with two on target. Uh, from there, we had nine fouls to their 11, but we picked up four cautions to their two. Uh, from there, we had one big chance that we hit the woodwork, so technically missed, and they had they missed their one big chance. Uh, goalkeeper Petrovic only had to make one save, which was good to see. Uh, Dubrovka had three to make. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's those are the big ones, really, at this point. We could get into some other stuff, but... Um, I think those are the big ones. We had one random set, though, this time not from out Opta, which I thought they were contractually obligated to be here, but it's from <laughs> BR Football saying Georgi Petrovic had saved five penalties in 48 matches with the New England Revolution. No surprise, he came up big for Chelsea today. Put the mitts up. Love to see it. Um, 31.3% saved five out of 16. What, what's that in re- relation to Dan? That, that was the, the total number of penalties he saved and faced while at the revolution. Not bad. So that, that's a, that's a really good rate of saves. Like that, that is very, very good. I mean, it's no Tim Mealy, uh, 47%, but you know, it, it's fine. It's for friendless oh goalkeepers. There you go. I have to give Mealy a shout always. Fair. All right. Nempet shit off some over to the match. God, everything. Uh, this was a shit house match. I mean, these two teams clearly uh, 
have a little bit of animus. I will give it to Mikhailo Mudrik for the uh, defense of Ian Matson after Bruno's outlandish uh, challenge that he put in where he got a yellow card. And uh, part of how you tell if a team is gelling or not is what happens after those sorts of challenges. Do they rush to each other's defense or do they kind of slug off and not do anything in particular? And, uh, you know, Mudrick went in maybe a little bit too hard with the, uh, the hand around the, uh, the shoulder there or the neck area and, uh, let Bruno know what was going on and, uh, did not stop, uh, backing down as the rest of the Newcastle team came over. So, uh, I will give the shithouse moment of the match to Mikhailo Mudrik, along with many other accolades that we will talk about. Well, I mean, Bruno is highly unlikable, too. Highly unlikable. So a hack. Absolute hack. All right. Well, we've definitely teed this one up, so we're going to take our first ad break. When we get back, uh, we're going to talk about some facts. We're going to talk about Newcastle. We're going to talk about Chelsea. Thank you to sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, chess fans, we're back with another partnership through the end of the year. We got NordVPN coming at you to make sure you are safe and you're able to watch Chelsea no matter where you are traveling during the holiday season. A lot of you know I just got back from Costa Rica from Thanksgiving with the family, and guess what? I used a VPN to watch Chelsea while I was traveling. Uh, I was able to watch it on Peacock, no problems at all. So if you're traveling out of the country this holiday season, make sure to get NordVPN so you don't miss uh, when we play Wolves on the 24th, when we play again after Boxing Day, and again, Again, before the end of the year, there are tons of matches coming up. You don't want to miss a single one. The other thing to think about, are you want to see, watch match of the day? Are you trying to see the BBC coverage, Sky coverage? You can do it with over 5,000 servers from NordVPN. So if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you're going to go ahead and pick the plan that's right for you. And we're going to give you four extra months for being a fan of London is blue. That's right. You get an extra four months hanging out with us. We absolutely appreciate you checking them out. Now, if you aren't using a VPN, Hey, I hate to break it to you. You're the only one. Not only do they keep you secure and all your information is encrypted, no more IP address tracking. The other thing is they've doubled down and they've added threat protection feature. So say goodbye to intrusive website ads, malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. Try it. Huge holiday deal. There's no risk. You get a 30 day money back guarantee with NordVPN. That's how much they believe in the product. Support our sponsor, NordVPN.com forward slash London is blue. Go watch match today. Go watch Chelsea if you're traveling. Never going to have to worry about being tracked on the internet again. Link in the description. You know what to do. All right. Speaking of some facts, Newcastle weren't competitive in this match. This might surprise some people, especially if you listen to the commentary, especially if you checked some of the, the mainstream outlets out there. Uh, Chelsea continue to struggle when breaking down teams. We continue to struggle. has been the narrative all season. And this is where we show up, Dan. Had an opportunity. Midweek match. Won at the weekend. Yeah, it was bottom place Sheffield. Now we show up to Newcastle, who are kind of trying to figure out if they want to be a big team or not. And uh, we put together a match. It, it was not clean, as Nick said. It was it was not full of quality, but results and progress are really what Chelsea's looking for right now as we build our project. I, I think to me, it's the fact that I think mean, as you watch it in real time unfolding, you would be okay maybe accepting the reality that Chelsea struggled a lot in this match, didn't look super crisp. I think the first half and second half were very different. And then also the second half post subs, extremely different. And this Chelsea side, I think actually 
in the hole did a good job against a Newcastle team that generally did not want the ball, generally wanted to wait for Chelsea to make a mistake, which, surprise, we did in this game and have done in many matches this season, and had to be the beneficiary of Chelsea's continued structural problems, which is we don't shoot enough on target. I mean, we only were four out of 15 in this match, and we only got one goal out of our 15 total shots, so just under 7%. Like, that is not good enough to count upon regularly to win a bunch of matches. It was enough to draw this game, and it was enough off of four total shots, only two on target from the Newcastle side, who had just over 22% on the ball, who Nick did not want to play. They they did not want to play. They wanted to take advantage of Chelsea's poor form. And I think their strategy, I know people will question like the way that Posh set up, playing four center backs, but their strategy coming into this game was really bad. And I know that they are also injury depleted. They're also struggling with, you know, players un- unavailable, but they... They shocked me in the way they played today. I did not think that they were going to line up the way they did and be that passive trying to get a result out of this game, particularly when I thought they actually went with a a strong lineup based on who's available. Yeah, I mean, I I think these teams are kind of in a similar position right now, except that Newcastle in the league have been better than we are. I mean, they're like both teams are injured to an nth degree. I think we both have 12 or 13 injuries. They may have one more or one less. I'm not 100% sure. I don't check their injury list. I know what we have out. Uh, and that that list continues to expand every fucking week, it seems like. So all that was fine. And I think the two halves of football were were very bad to watch. Were, they were incredibly gritty. There was not, I mean, I think you said this. We said this already. There was not a ton of quality in this match. It was incredibly physical. Um, you know, and I think in the first half, and this was a tale of two halves, the first half, we were very bad. Uh, I, I lamented the performance at halftime on Twitter and the second half, we were much, much better and they, they dropped off in a significant way and, you know, them's the breaks, I, I suppose. I mean, this is, this was always going to be tough. Like, I remember when the draw happened, Brandon, back uh, after we beat Brighton. It's like, of all the teams that we could have caught, <laughs> this is the one, the one that's given us hell um, and just beat us, you know, uh, three weeks ago or so. So I, I was expecting this to be a knockdown drag out. Uh, I think it was even more physical than I thought it was going to be. And I think the, the game kind of devolved once you know the 60th minute happened i thought chelsea kind of ramped up for a bit and then kind of fell off and got lucky and newcastle obviously got lucky in the first half and pens was probably the right place that it ended to be candid yeah i remember you know we were coming out of the international break we're like no we don't play newcastle now they're banged up all these different things like that didn't work out Right, so I also think it was a bit of a a chance to make amends for this Chelsea team, and they had that mentality, which was good. Um, but again, like we talk about the, it, we live with the narratives, right, about you know how bad this Chelsea team is. Newcastle's flying. Then they had all these injuries. Though now they're the headlines just, oh, this was just a, a gift from Trippier. Like you know, Chelsea didn't earn it, guys. Like it, it wasn't pretty, like we've all said. But like Chelsea wanted it more, and they went and put some stuff. Uh, out there that that ended up having to be patient, right? We we continue to go at them, continue, you know, seventy high seventy percent possession. 
that shows that Chelsea took it to Newcastle. I mean, this was a bit of a back and forth match, um, but we continuously went at them and and got the job done. I mean, how many times, right? Connor with the half volley hit the woodwork, Sterling, like all these just chances, like we built and built and built. And I at least think like throughout this match, I felt slightly optimistic of like, all right, at least we've got something going on. I mean, how many matches have we watched this season when like there's nothing, <laughs> right? Where you're just like, it ain't happening today. At least there was some fight and spirit, even with a little bit of adversity with Enzo going off. Um, I know a lot of pundits are saying, oh, it was all down to that Caicedo tackle on Anthony Gordon. Like you had a match of football to play. Like to just distill it to a trippier or a Caicedo tackle is disrespectful to the team because they went out and, and got it done, which, hey, at the end, that's all that matters, right? Results right now. We're just trying to stack performances one match at a time. And uh, they did it. I'm super happy. Like, even with the injuries, Newcastle are a good team. Like, you're not discrediting this for me. Well, and I, I would just quickly say, like, the narratives from apparently both the American commentary on ESPN and Sky uh, or the BBC, I forget which, whoever had this over there. It doesn't matter. Apparently, it was bad both both ways. Uh Apparently, Chelsea's injury crisis isn't a thing, and Newcastle's is. Apparently, Chelsea got lucky to win this game, and Newcastle were unfortunate to to lose it. I mean, the fact of the matter is, any objective viewer of this game uh, is worse off for having seen most of the match. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was bad football across the board for, for a lot of it. I thought Chelsea probably played better on the day, but I'm wearing a blue fucking shirt here. Um, I also think that two individual mistakes landed two goals, one for each side. So to say that one team is unlucky and the other team is just simply incredibly fortunate to move, like, it's just so dumb. Like, Chelsea have the same amount of injuries as Newcastle. Yes, we don't have to play as many games because we decided to shit the bed last year and not make it into European football, but we're still playing the games that are in front of us. And, you know, similar to Newcastle, like, we have very critical injuries. Like, this was our backup keeper today, just like it was theirs, right? We're playing all sorts of config configurations of, of center backs across the back four, just like their fucking back line is hurt, right? The midfield, the starting line, go go through it. It, it mirrors each other. Like, to say that one team is injury-plagued and, and gutty and the other team is just, wow, incredibly for like... I don't know what these guys are looking at, but it, it really is uh, of, of all the teams in the league that we could play here, Dan, this is a mirror fucking image. <laughs> like it couldn't be more 50, 50 straight down the middle. Both teams are hurt. Both teams aren't playing good right now. And both teams were fortunate to get a goal and penalties is a crapshoot. It's going to be really interesting when we get to play them for the final time this season. I don't know. Maybe we'll get them drawn in the cup. Maybe this is going to be like the year where we had city three times in a single month. Right? Like, I don't know what could happen, but ultimately I think these sides are more evenly matched than people would give them credit for based upon the league table position and what Newcastle have and haven't done in Europe and what, uh, you know, in the recent history and what Chelsea have done in our recent history as well. So I do think, you know, in general that they are, comparable sides in a lot of different ways. And the fact that we were really trying to split the hair or others were trying to really split the hair, both sky or, uh, you know, in the U S and ESPN may, 
I don't know. We're trying to make a story that didn't exist to fit the confines of what maybe to some people was a dull match because it was really Chelsea trying to run it back again, run it back again, run it back again, run it back again, because one team wanted to, again, play in and try to have an opportunity. The other wanted to make it very difficult, hold their block extremely well, and whip on the counter. And so... That is not always, Brandon, the best football from an advertising perspective. So I understand, you know, why the narrative was there. It just, I think, felt lazy. Yep, and I'm bored of it. So uh, we had a penalty shootout, which was uh, pretty not normal at this point in the season, right? Uh, Thank God we're not doing extra time, though. Do we all agree on that? Are are we good with that? Okay. Absolutely. Best take on this one. Um, I'm not going to go through them all. What I will say is, do you guys remember when like David Luiz would be in the penalty shoot up lineup and you're like, oh my God, he sprints and he just smashes it. You're like, where's this going to go? I saw Mudrick step up and I was like, oh, okay. Is he our new wild card? Is he the one that you put in the lineup because you don't know where he's going to go? Also fascinating. We didn't get to find out who our five shooters were. Did you guys see on the broadcast who was fifth? I couldn't tell. No. I, Chelsea Youth was saying it was either Broya or um, Matson, but okay. he but he wasn't sure which one was going to step up. Yeah, so that would have been interesting too, but didn't matter. Trippier missed his, and then I forgot who else did, but it doesn't matter. Richie missed the other one. Yeah. Ah, yeah, second half sub. So what uh, what'd you guys think? What one was your favorite? Did anyone scare you? I mean, there was plenty that were above the mid height of the goal <laughs> i i am most happy for mudrick's penalty because i i think i was probably most concerned with him as a penalty taker um because i i'd never seen him take a penalty before i don't think i don't know if he took one in preseason or not but can't remember either way i don't remember it so i was most nervous for that one and it was so clinical, bottom corner, goalkeeper goes the wrong way. And I was just, I was hoping that he would double up on the momentum that he had built for himself in that last minute of, of uh, regular time, right? That this was a, a guy who, you know, is in desperate need of a lot of shit going right for him on the field. And so to get the goal, to send us into penalties, and then to get the penalty itself, Dan, I was I was really really pleased for him in that moment. I don't think it was the best one, but it was probably the one that that made me feel the best. Well, that ups his lifetime average because he was two for three previously in one season at Shakhtar, taking a couple penalties, and this would then make it three for four, which is a very good result for in terms of being able to convert your penalties. I think Mudrik getting the goal in regulation time was probably like where I was super excited for him. The fact that Nkunku comes in and converts his first, like one of his first kicks of the ball. Like the dude did not have a ton of kicks of the ball in his first appearance at Sanford bridge in a competitive match for Chelsea. The fact that it goes up on that angle, a lot of firepower behind it. I super exciting. I think we're going to get to see some balloons in the very near future, which is also super exciting. So uh, I don't know, Brandon, if you want to lop any other praise on the Gallagher one or the Palmer one. I mean, Palmer has the coldest celebration of the bunch, which no I doubt. appreciate. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I think 
it's good to see the confidence, especially when the team doesn't have a lot of things to pull confidence from. Palmer seems unrattleable, which is a word that you could use in your three-word match review if you'd like at any point. Unflappable? Um, I look unrattleable. There's way more syllables. <laughs> and Cuckoo, we got to see a lot from him today. And I just think the pen is like the cherry on top. Naz, at me, bro. He's the savior. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Like, we're all in. Let's be honest. Right. For a little behind-the-scenes look, right after he, he converted and we won, Brandon went into our group chat with Naz and, and hit him with that exact statement. Uh, I did. <laughs> so just, uh, you know, just a little light ribbing there for your, for your Tuesday afternoon. At least you all know that, like, I walk the walk and I talk the talk, right? Like, I think that's important. If I'm going to go all in, I'm going to go all in. Um, but I, more I will, important. I will say not, one thing, up. though, is okay. uh, one thing I want to say is it was super great to observe it from afar and to hear from our friends who were at the bridge to hear the reaction to the Mudrick goal and to the full time after Petrovic uh, stopped the penalty. Like that has not been very common. There have been fewer moments, unfortunately, in like the last one to two seasons of really positive, great nights at the bridge. And so I'm glad for every supporter who was there, who was loud, who had an opportunity to experience it and for us to experience it from afar and to see them enjoy it. We may have been at the last one in March after <laughs> after wow. Dortmund at home. I mean, Scary yeah. times. Scary thoughts. Cool. So way more important than anything that we just discussed on the penalty shootout was was obviously George, right? Getting involved. Um, obviously, we cited his penalty save. Um, we're getting to see a lot out of him real quick. So he's conceded, what, two goals in two matches now? Three? Well, we we lost the last time out, right? Okay, no. whatever. She's got the one. It was Which, two two nil two nil victory over Sheffield United and this game. Those oh yeah, two games. I was thinking he is in a different one. Anyways, one goal. Oh wait, he did concede the last one he, to Everton. He, yeah, you're right. You're Thank right. You're you. right. I'm getting gaslit here. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> my bad. My bad. So we're starting to see a lot from him, though. Is my point right? And penalties is a big one. Um, I mean, Keppa probably got the nod just because he was decent at penalties for a bunch of matches, especially in cup competitions. So um, I thought he had great spring. I thought he covered the goal well. Um, the fact that on Richie's, it was almost behind him, but it was high. You have to have strong arms and like an upper body to, to make sure that doesn't, you know, knock you backwards as well. So I was really happy with what he did. Um, he didn't look out of um, like really out of it in any of the shots. And I think that that pressure was really building on Newcastle too, because he was all over them. And uh, there's nothing better after you do something like that, Nick. And afterwards you just go, yeah, just do my job. It's no big deal. Like you completely diminish everything that Newcastle did. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what you want in that moment. And look, I, I mean, it's really difficult, right? When when someone goes down through injury, I mean, Chelsea Youth tweeted after the game, Big George isn't giving up the starting gloves now, and I, I love how he's now Big George. We, you know, Bobs and Georges, you know, those are goalkeepers. It, it's difficult when a starter goes out through injury because I'm, I'm a pretty firm believer that you lose your place through performance, you don't lose it through injury. Like, I, I think that's a pretty common view through the locker rooms of – professional sports teams, you know, if a starting quarterback goes down in the NFL and the backup plays really well, when the starter's healthy, he comes back in and play, right? You know, that's, that's kind of the, the mindset and the vibe. And 
it's going to be really, really interesting to watch this because I don't know how you have felt, Dan, but I have really liked what I've seen out of Petrovic. I, I think Petro, George, whatever you want to call him for, for short, uh, the passing out of the back was a little bit more crisp today. You know, I don't think any of the intermediate or long balls were phenomenal by any means in, in the passing game, but they were serviceable. And he just looks big and lanky and hard to shoot at. <laughs> and I don't, and that's me like as a very amateur person who just watches games because I love this sport. And I'm not a goalkeeper coach, I'm not an analyst, I'm not a scout. I just wouldn't like shooting at him that much if I were an opposing player. And I, and I know that sounds like super basic and caveman like, but I, that's kind of my vibe about him. I'm getting, I'm getting positive vibes about, about George. Yeah. Big, big George. I think he's given off some really good vibes. Great night. A super iconic photo of him too, with him, you know, arms spread wide, uh, the banner unfurling behind him. Really, really cool. I would say knowing that Sanchez in the last press conference, Pochettino said it could be three weeks, could be four weeks, could be five weeks, very vague recovery timeline. I think two things are beneficial here. One, we get a, we get a good run, a good opportunity to see how good Petrovic is in terms of his like long-term potential at the club, long-term opportunity, potentially be a number one. And then you also get the opportunity to not have to rush Sanchez back super quickly off of injury, which is a nice thing to have in mind too, considering we've had to maybe make some cut some corners or ask players to play a little bit more because we've had some injury issues. Like this is another position with an injury crisis now. So I like what I see. I'm super excited by the early signs. I think he hasn't had to do a ton lawn distribution yet. That that'll be interesting to see if you can make that better than we see with Sanchez, which you know feels like that that's an opportunity to improve upon short passing. I feel like he's looked way more comfortable Brandon. And so I think that was kind of a positive thing that we've seen a couple of those errors this season where Sanchez passes it into danger. I don't feel like I saw that tonight or in the, you know, too much in the prior game. So I feel like that's a good trend line. So, I mean, you know, you keep a clean, you know, if you start keeping clean sheets on top of this, I think it's going to be hard to drop them, but you know, it, it could be anybody's game at this point. Look at a minimum. All we want is competition, right? Like, if, if we're being honest, we just want competition, and I would say we have competition. I'm not crowning anybody. I'm not going one way or the other. Uh, I'm just happy that we have two what seem competent goalkeepers, and th there's no doubt that at the end of this, um, Sanchez knows he has to get better to either reclaim or take that spot, and Petrovic is not going to want to give it up. So we're in a good spot, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just be happy. This is where you get the best set of players. So we're going to take our last ad break when we get back. Uh, talking about the subs, Potch's comments, and the rest of it. Thank the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, well, Nick, coming out of the break, we do have more episodes this week, so there's no shortage of content. Oh, God, yeah. So uh, you're going to talk to Matt. You're going to do the mailbag. That'll be fun and entertaining, um, and I'm excited to see how Matt does with some on-the-fly <laughs> topics that we've already previewed internally here. Uh, then if you'll, uh, if you'll please note, um, the, uh, women's pod blue royalty is back with, uh, the Hacken review, I believe on Friday of this week, cause they play on Thursday. Um, then, uh, we have the wolves preview on Friday. 
uh, Peruge as well. So get ready for that one on Christmas Eve. And then because of the dumbest Premier League scheduling of all time, everyone's mad about it. We're we're coming right at you on New on, on Christmas Eve. What? Yep, with a pod post wolves no. in the morning. We're just gonna do it. It may not be the cleanest audio you've ever heard, and that's okay. We don't want to work on Christmas Eve either. But you know what? We don't welch. We're here for you. And then on Christmas Day, we're going to repost our uh, famous CFC Christmas episode, holiday episode, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and just have some fun with that before we get into another full slate of pods next week as well. So lots of pods coming at you. Uh, say thanks to editor Jake and editor Nwanya for, for all the work that they do. Um, and, and just, uh, have some fun with this. Hopefully everyone has a great holiday period. All right. Well, uh, rounding this one out, um, Potch, he's got to get some credit, right? Uh, the subs played a big role. I'm, we saw it in Kunku. Before January, so Nick owes everybody that listens five bucks. That that was the rule. That was the bet. What? Um, I was much closer than everybody else was. Venmo. That was the rule. That was the bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we got to see see him. Obviously, um, uh, Gusto came in as we were playing all of our center backs. Um, we got to see Ian Matson kind of come in, get some time out. Mudrik obviously was a crucial sub in the end uh brocha coming on early so uh dan i mean subs play, had a big impact if you look at all the different ones there and uh potch seemed to uh play this one about as well as he he could have yeah i think there was fair criticism of cole starting and his performance on the the left hand side i mean the you know, he was a contributor or one of one of the uh, individuals involved in gifting Newcastle their opening goal, his his ball to Caicedo, which then cascaded to Silva and then went to Batia Shield. Like the they the baton handoff of terrible decisions that they were making. So Levi looked a little sluggish, a little tired, and Pochettino kind of confirmed that in his comments after the game that you know just you know he'll be ready for Wolves. The Gusto change on and putting Gusto in at the left back position for the start of that second half worked really well. I mean, I think he maybe was forced into it because of he maybe thought oh, I can get Levi, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. I won't have to put Gusto in for a ton of minutes as he's still kind of coming back from his injury. I think he had a really, really strong night. I think the second half, he was the most impactful overall Nick in particular, because he also had to do it both ways. I mean, he said it had to, you know, fullback is up and down the pitch. It's trying to add value and attack. I mean, he, he and Connor were, were getting on well on that side too. So that was nice to see. And you know, when Mudra comes on eventually, there's some movement there. Like I think in general, he was probably the most impactful overall. I mean, but I don't think you can look past Mudrick's performance either, which was, uh, you know, resulted in the goal. We've covered all the subs, Dan, there, so thanks for that. Um, no, I didn't. I left a few. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, like the, I tweeted right after the game that uh, Gusto was, for me, I think, the most impactful. I thought that he completely changed the game. It's It shouldn't be a shock to see fullbacks, you know, actual fullbacks playing differently than what our four center backs can do. And, like, can, I, I, I do want to say this because I, I think it's really important. It is very clear that Ian Matson is not trusted as a fullback. 
right? We didn't see him play fullback in the preseason. We haven't really seen him play fullback except for like late on cameo minutes here. It's just clear that Potch doesn't trust him, doesn't want to use him there. So when you have limited options and you're, you know, two left backs and two right backs are mostly injured this year, you have to play four center backs across the back. And I think those guys have tried their hardest. I don't think it's super pretty. You know, I think Levi's been asked to do uh, a ton of work. It's very clear that today he was uncomfortable for a lot of that first half. And, and that's all is what it is, but it's a hard job that they're being asked to do. Batty, Batty Shield uh, is playing in his natural position. Tiago Silva is playing in his natural position. Uh, you know, Desaussi is a unit of a player and is bombing up and down the field like a fullback. Same with Colwell. Like, that's a hard fucking thing to do. So just, I know we won and maybe it's a little easier to give them a little bit of slack after a win, but like, can we just acknowledge that they are, their job is not exactly fucking ideal right now because of all the injuries? And when Malo Gusto comes on and he's a natural fullback, of course he's going to make that job look easier because this is the job he's trained to do. I I just saw a lot of a lot of stuff there, and and I just I empathize with them a little bit because it's it's a really difficult thing they've been asked to do. No one, I mean, maybe if you predicted that we were just going to be the most injured team of all time, you could have predicted this, but I would have thought that we would at least have one healthy fullback per side for most of the games this season, and the last three weeks we've had zero. So what are we going to do? Um, Gusto is incredible. Loves his performance. And I, like I said, Brandon, I'm super happy for Mudrick. I, 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 want, I want him to get on a roll. I want him to contribute more. He's looked aimless at times this season. But, you know, there's a little smile at the end of the match today. Converts a couple big chances there. I mean, that's a, that's a big moment for him. It really is. Uh, and instead of giving you my opinion, let me give you CFC Centrals, who, no surprise, wrapped this up really well, says this is what the season is supposed to be about. This, a young squad, faltering, finding their feet. Mudrick, still green compared to the experienced veterans he regularly comes up against, bags a stoppage time equalizer and dispatches a cool penalty under pressure. Um, that is big. And then he goes on to talk about Petrovich coming from the shadows. Um, this is, you know, really what it's about getting this group together. Um, and I don't know, you just hope that there's can be some continuity through this, right? You just hope that we can bottle this up and continue, uh, to move through the fixtures as it's about to get, continue to stay crazy and do something beneficial. You got wolves on Christmas Eve coming up, right? Like there's only five days between matches. That's not a lot of time. Got to travel up to, Molyneux, like, it's going to come quick. So can we just maybe focus on games and performing and not get caught up in all the details and maybe the 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 tactics and um, the stuff that can be distracting to these players? Just go play. I, I'm excited for what I saw from Nkunku today. I thought it was really interesting that he was kind of playing off of Broya in that second striker role that I think we've all kind of talked about as his best position, you know? Um, he obviously, if Raheem makes a better pass, he's in on goal in one of his first passing movements that he was a part of at Chelsea. And that just would have been absurdly special. You know, if he would have converted that chance for the pass just wasn't good enough, unfortunately, um, penalty crisp and, and clean, but some of the passing, some of the movement, some of him diving in between the lines today, I thought was outstanding. 
look, this is a guy that we're all excited to fucking see. Like, I think the reception when he came on was electric. I think there was real energy in the building for that. And there should be. And this is a guy who's a proven goal scorer. And God, we need one of those, um, especially if we're going to have injuries at the back all year. So, yeah. Couldn't be more pleased for him. Super glad that in a physical physical game, he didn't get clattered too bad because that I was so worried about that when he came on. I was like, please don't let this be a bad 20 minutes. And no, nah, he came through it all right. And I think everyone's pleased about that. All right, Dan, Potch had some comments after the match, which uh, I think we've kind of not always been a huge fan of what he's been saying. The last Matt Law pod said that, look, there's a lot of stuff still going on in the in the back. Uh, of the house with the club, but uh, how about Potch on the vibes? Smell me some lemonade. I mean, he look, whatever lemons he purchased, he should make sure to order a crate of those bad boys and just have them socked up, ready to go. They uh, they clearly worked their magic because the aura was fantastic. He had his last quote, I think, which was, I think the win is amazing. This is the type of game that will build belief, which is the most important thing in football. And I think that bore out in the fact that it was a 90th plus second minute goal from Mudrick at the end. I mean, sniffing, barely sniffing a goal at times and just coming up with it. I think he talked about a fact much like Sam did in his comments on Twitter, but the, our players are very young. They are very talented. They need our trust. You need to give them the confidence and gain time so they can evolve and develop their talents here with us. And to see the whole squad celebrating, the players that were injured also, I think it shows that we're building something good. We still need to approve, but this is the type of game that makes us believe. And so, look, I think we have been critical that Poch has not always been the best contributor at times. I think he has also done some really good things at times. And, you know, that that should be mostly the case with all of us in life. And so I think it's fair to criticize him when things aren't going well. I think it's also fine to say, look, some of the decisions you made in this match didn't work out well. Others, when you corrected your own mistake, worked out really, really well. And so, like, on the day, you've got this side into a semifinal position, one step closer to potentially getting into a cup final, getting a trophy, which was one of the expectations or kind of expectations that we've had of this team this season with the investment that Chelsea have had. I think as supporters, like, this is where we kind of want Chelsea to be. And he did his job and the players did their job on getting us to the next phase of that in this match tonight. And so credit to him, credit to them, credit to the supporters who were there and let's go smash whoever's in front of us next. Yeah. I mean, I think his, you know, this type of, this is the type of game that will build belief. This was a hard one, right? It was a hard game. You know, again, incredibly physical said all that stuff, this game, but like there felt like there were real stakes to this today. Um, right. Not only in the good way, like, of course, move on, do the thing that Dan just said, but like, if it goes badly, like we know kind of how the vibe has been. Right. So I think for Potch, like this, this actually did have some real stakes to it. My prediction for us winning the Carabao cup or the league cup, as I would prefer to call it is still on the table. God damn it. Still on. Uh, but I, I really do hope that we start to see some smiles. This team starts to look like they're enjoying playing football again. Uh, and maybe with that, you know, comes, comes the magical string of results, Brandon, that we've been hoping to see so far this season that hasn't quite materialized. Hey, good man management today. Uh, talking about the group, right? Which is important. Uh, players stepping up when we need them to, which is great. And, uh, I know it's just, a, it's just, uh, the time we live in, 
but it's a good sign when the players are posting on social. Like if you scroll Twitter real quick, like everyone's posting, right? Connor, Silva, Malagusto, everybody's posting, right? That's important. That means they're in a good spot as well. And we just want to continue that momentum. It's been a fragile season, right? One one match at a time, especially through this festive fixture period. And I'll, I'll just quickly add, seeing Ben Chilwell back on the sidelines, bigging everyone up, smiling. You know, there's that Muppet out there who said that his barber told him that Ben didn't rate Mikhail Mudrik and then he had to backtrack like a fucking coward because he made it up. That clearly isn't the case just by looking at it and by having any sort of common sense. Um, I won't dignify his name here because it's not worth it, but Ben Chilwell is a glue piece to this team. He is the vice captain for a reason. He is Mr. Good Vibes, big smiles. You know, he went over to Mikhail Mudrik right away after the game, gave him a big hug. That is, you know, if you're not playing as a, as a captain or vice captain, that is exactly what you should be doing. And I was super glad to see him back and around because he was in LA for a little bit doing his recovery and now he's back. And I, I think that's a really good thing, especially with Reese out for however long. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Dan of the match, because we won uh, only two options today. In- interesting. Look, it's a midday, it's a midweek match. There's a lot of stuff going on. People are traveling for holidays. Some, like me, are doing it in like an hour and a half after we finish this episode. Um, so I want to make it easy for people. Two options, Mikhail Mudrik or Big George Petrovich. I thought the penalty save was going to tip, it, tip the scales. It did not. Mudrik with 54%, Petrovich with 61%. That was a surprise to me. A little surprised. Connor Gallagher won the official man of the match, and he was fucking excellent today, and the haters can shut up. So, Yeah, obviously Dan taking the uh, the two big moments of the match, uh, a lot more going into it. Also, Caicedo playing 89 <laughs> minutes on a yellow card. <laughs> it was a bad, it was, we have to just, it was a bad challenge. Like it was a, there's no excuse for what he did there. He needs to get smarter quickly. That was dumb. Unlucky, unlucky timing. Um, the other results. So Fulham beat Everton in penalties. Middlesbrough beat Port Vale 3-0. We obviously beat Newcastle and Liverpool West Ham play tomorrow. Um, the draw will come out soon, but obviously everyone's going to be eyeballing Middlesbrough, right? Um, you you want to avoid a, a bit. Yep, want to avoid a Premier League team if at all possible. But you still have Fulham, and look, West Ham have looked good, and it depends how much Liverpool put wants to put into this. But I mean, you're playing for the semifinals, so that's there's a lot at this point, right? So you expect that to be a pretty good matchup, um, and and we'll see. But I mean, any any other comments on on Dan, like you know where the draw goes from here, who you're looking to see? It sounds like the draw will probably take place the day that people are listening to this. Um, but it's yeah. this cup semifinal, like big deal. It's after the conclusion of the other match. So it's one of those things where it's like right when they know what the exact fixtures are going to be, uh, or the, the players are going to be, they'll set the fixtures. They'll do the draw. Oh, Millsborough has not had a great season. So their last five is two wins and three losses. They are 13th in the championship right now. They are not looking at promotion. Um, they are, 
probably safe-ish from the relegation side, but not necessarily guaranteed. I mean, they're 10 points from the bottom three at the moment, uh, much closer to the bottom than they are at the top, which is the Chelsea story this season. So, look, it would be great. It'd be great to play them. I think it's a lot of fun. It's fun to play teams that you don't play regularly. Uh, I don't need to see us play Everton, you know, Fulham again. I don't need to see us play West Ham for a third time this season or Liverpool for a third time this season, um, unless either of those teams is in the cup final. And please, not a Liverpool cup final again. Please, not a Liverpool cup yeah. final. That, that, that was a rough run in our in our brief history. Um, but, Nick, I mean, you, you've, it's hard to not have a little bit of confidence at this point. Like I said, getting to a semifinal, um, build and build, but it's, you know, fit, I don't know, two out of three options probably aren't the worst thing at this point. I mean, dollars to donuts. If I, if I were to guess at who we get, I would bet it's Fulham. Like, I would pay to not have Liverpool versus pay to have Middlesbrough, I think. Because this is the dumb two-leg semifinal. Mm-hmm. So it's like... The magic of the League Cup. <laughs> it's so <laughs> dumb. I mean, it is incredibly stupid to have a it's single It's only dumb until you win it. It's only dumb until you win it. I know, but it's It can just, still God. be dumb, and you won it. <laughs> it's, it's such an inconsistent format. You're going to have a single elimination tournament with a two-leg semifinal for reasons, I, I guess. I, I would bet, as you're listening to this, if it's around 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, that Chelsea will have been drawn with Fulham for a two-leg uh, home-and-away deal and that'd be pretty fun you know everyone get to stay close to home that'd be neat yeah well i yeah we'll we'll mix it up see what happens we'll keep it posted on social as always but uh i mean that's about it you know stepped up entered the cage match did the business next point early on the pod there's clearly some bad blood brewing between newcastle and chelsea and i'm all right with that like we i'm good with chelsea having a chip with another team and kind of going at it like this um i'm i'm here for it so hope you all enjoyed it i'm excited for the matt law mailbag tomorrow uh we got more content we got the preview blue royalty it is just like christmas is gonna be here before i'm ready i just want to put that on the record well, you have you have precisely uh what by the time you're listening to this <laughs> five full days <laughs> so it's uh it's already here my guy one positive point for the men out there i have more gifts wrapped under the tree than my wife whoa can you believe it whoa that's <laughs> and it's more bold. than one <laughs> yeah, yeah and the two tally to is one, one to me. <laughs> oh man points on the board super proud anyways uh that's gonna wrap us up hope you enjoyed it keep the good vibes going all right tell someone at work you're you're proud of them just see what happens we'll go crazy this week uh, but we'll be back with a ton more content. Uh, get in Discord. You will not be disappointed. Dan, I'm proud of you. I'm proud see of I, you too, Nick. See, did you feel? Did you did feel see how that? that worked? Yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> Went right past me. All right, Chelsea fans, that's going to wrap us up. <laughs> Until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.